Hi everyone, welcome back to another week of Hometown Headlines. This is our second episode. Welcome back if you listened to last week's episode and welcome if this is your first time here. Um, This week we have a very special presenting sponsor, Golden Crown. Um, Christina gave us a nice little advertisement for their fall decor, so here is that. Fall is here, yay! A golden crown here in Gaiman. We're ready to help make your home beautiful for the fall. Come into the store and pick your fall decor and schedule a time for our in-house designers to do the decorating for you. So if you need any fall decorating done, be sure to check out Golden Crown, Christina, Rachel, Susan, all of them are so great at that. So um, yeah, we are back for another week of Hometown Headlines. I'm Shay, one of your hosts. And I'm Kaylee. And I'm Annette. And we're going to go ahead and get started. I actually put on my reporter pants this week and reached out to the OSBI to discuss the investigation of the Guyman Public Schools employee who has had allegations of inappropriate behavior. We touched on that last week. We got a little more information this week. And I'm going to include a clip um, from the conversation I had with Brooke R. Bateman, who is the OSBI's public information officer. So this is what she had to say about that investigation. So on Friday, September 18th, the OSBI was requested by the Texas County District Attorney's Office to investigate allegations of inappropriate behavior by a Guyman Public Schools employee. Mm -hmm. Um, The allegations include providing alcohol to minors and date back as far as 2012. The investigation is just beginning and no arrests have been made, but we can confirm that the allegations involve an employee, not a teacher, coach, or administrator. Okay. So the only allegation as of right now is providing alcohol. Well, that's among the allegations. That's that's one of them. Okay. And are you able to let us know of any other allegations? At not time? at this point in time, um, okay. but... As soon as, you know, there's more to release, I'll be sure to let you know. Okay. Um, I had another question. So okay. people in this, can I mean, I guess you probably told me all that you can, but people are very, very much going around being like, there have been 25 kids who have been victimized, you know. Is that at all even remotely true? Have there been multiple children involved or minors involved? Um, I'm not going to be able to give you the sufficient answer that you want, unfortunately, at this point in time. But what I I can say is that, um, you know, again, we just got this case, this request last week. And so it's very, very early on. And I, you know, I'm a parent. um, Mm -hmm. So I I understand clearly the concerns of parents in town, but at this point in time, it would be irresponsible to get into any rumors or address anything until we had time to thoroughly investigate. Yeah, no, that, that makes total sense. So as you can see, the OSBI is fairly new on the case. They were requested on Friday the 18th um, to join the local law enforcement in investigating this. 
and the only allegation as of now is providing alcohol to minors but <clears throat> I would go out on a limb personally and say that the OSBI doesn't get involved in cases for misdemeanors so there's that <laughs> she did say that it was among the allegations which suggests that there were multiple yeah yeah and there, I, I imagine there are um, but no arrests have been made yet so we don't know who this person is um, all we know is that it wasn't a teacher administrator or a coach right correct yes that she did say that um, and my high plains actually another news source in the area spoke with Guyman Public Schools and they told them that this employee who's being investigated did resign. Um, so another just little bit of investigating, not even really, it kind of came into our laps. There was an ad placed by the schools for um, positions that they're hiring for. So those positions are director of transportation, bus drivers, substitute teachers, teachers aides, maintenance, and custodial. That doesn't really narrow it down for us, but if that person resigned, it Take might be what one of those you will positions. Of that. <laughs> right. Take of that what you will. That is just a little bit more info on that. So the employee has resigned. Um, OSBI is on the case, which to me is a, a big deal, I would say. Th there's not the OSBI is not in Guyman for a lot of things mm -hmm. and to have them on this case tells me that there's something something kind of serious going on of course we already knew that but like the agent said she's she is a parent and she understands the concern so they're going to give what they can to us but there's they're not going to do anything that's going to jeopardize the investigation and we don't want that we want this to go through and be taken care of the way it should be so whoever is involved can be held accountable. So that's the update on that. Did we get an update on the shooting last week? Has there been any arrests? I no. don't believe so. Nothing in the police reports. <coughs> and I called Guyman PD and um, there was nobody in the office for me to talk to. But mm -hmm. Yeah, no updates have been given on that. Okay. Yeah, I didn't think so. So there's kind of just at a standstill on that story. But yeah, that's our update on the big ones. So on a different note, um, a bus driver here in town that works for the ride, our public transit system, has been nominated for a Hero of the Year Award, which is presented by the Oklahoma Department of Transportation. Aww. And that bus driver is Pamela Adams. Mm -hmm. And she's one of three finalists left in the voting. And if you guys want to vote for Pamela, you can go to www.otaherooftheyear.com. And she was nominated by the community because she's worked really hard through COVID-19. And she understands that the ride is really important for community members in town who have no other form of transportation. So she's worked hard to keep it sanitized and clean and to be able to keep it up and running. Well, that's so, good. Yeah. We can put that voting link in the description of this episode if you want to go vote for Pamela. Sweet. Okay. Um, do you want to do a COVID-19 update? We have some more cases in Texas County. <laughs> yes. So over the past week, this week, 
As of Tuesday, which was the most recent update on active cases, there were 129 active cases in the county. Uh, Monday, we saw 13 new cases. Tuesday, there were 11 new cases. Wednesday, there were 19 new cases. And Thursday, there were 22 new cases. We haven't yet received the new case numbers for Friday. Okay. But we can insert that here if we do get yeah. them today. Okay. All right, well, do we know, are they all community transmission? I imagine they are. I have no idea. That's just, they just post the, the date and the number. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, at least it's less than they were in May. <laughs> we're, getting <laughs> we're getting somewhere. many cases a day in May, so I guess there's improvement. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Annette, do you want to tell us about sports? Yeah. So last Friday, Guyman played the Hugeton Eagles, and unfortunately they lost 13-63, to but um, they are playing... Carl Albert for homecoming tomorrow. Well, today, today, tonight. Yeah. tonight, tonight. So we are hopeful to see a win tonight from the Diamond Tigers. Um, the athlete of the week was actually Sooner Merwin, and he is a junior at Diamond High School. Okay, I believe. And a little fun fact about him is that he was named after the Sooners. Oklahoma, Oklahoma Sooners. Sooners. So <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> and he's he's a football player for the Guyman Tigers, yes, so he, he, he will be in action tonight against Carl Albert. Yes. Um, and you can see that in Tuesday's, the story over this game, Tuesday. And we'll also be reporting on the homecoming king and queen. Yeah. So there are 15 in total uh, king and queen candidates. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, you see that on Tuesday as well, who the winners are tonight. Exciting. Yes, ma'am. Um, also, the Texoma and Goodwill softball team, they beat Hooker on Tuesday. It was also their senior night, the girls' softball team. Not the boys, just the girls. Anyway, it was their senior night, and they ended up winning 11-1. to okay. So that's good for them. Good for yeah. them. Also, um, the Aggie of the week for OPSU was Tyron Rose, and he's actually on the shooting sports team, which is a new team this year for OPSU, and he did pretty well at the Midland University Ice Out. He hit 25, 24, 25 targets in each of his first two rounds, and then went 25 for 25 in his final two rounds for his first ever 50 straight and a 98 of 100 total for the event. Wow. So that's pretty impressive and pretty exciting considering this is a new team for OPSU. That's yeah, the shooting sports team is doing pretty well for the first year from what I hear. That's, that's awesome. That is. And that's it for sports. Sweet. Yeah, our sports reporter has a fever today. Insert like Cardi B's coronavirus. <laughs> We're so hoping sad. she gets well soon. Yeah. Yes. We can't do this without her. We cannot. <laughs> We're going to be like, what are sports? <laughs> but yeah, hopefully she feels better and can get to, get to the games because we don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> so on Tuesday, the governor of Oklahoma, Kevin Stitt, as well as 
the Commissioner of Health, Dr. Lance Fry, and the Department of Corrections Director, Scott Crow, got together and did a live stream kind of press conference to update citizens in the state on the current COVID-19 situation. Yeah. I did an article about this that was in Thursday's paper <coughs> actually, but I'm gonna highlight kind of some of the main points that they talked about. <coughs> um, so one of their main concerns was the rapid spread of COVID-19 that's going on in the state's prison systems, which is kind of a big deal. That's their main concern at the moment. Uh, so far, 590 staff have been tested cumul cumulatively, <laughs> um, and they've had 278 positive cases overall, and, and they currently have 63 cases among the staff. Obviously, these numbers are current as of that press conference, which was on Tuesday. Um, as far as inmates go, 14,010 inmates, which is 64.3% of the total population, have been tested, and 3,168 of them have tested positive. Currently, there are 100, no. Currently, there are 1,398 inmates who have COVID-19 across the state. Like active cases? Yeah. Oh. As of Tuesday. Oh. Which, uh, I mean, I guess relatively, that's only 6.4% of the total inmate population in the state, mm -hmm. which isn't terrible, but isn't great. I mean, in those Any. like close quarters, that's like, can spread super quick. Yeah, and they did mention that, I mean, obviously in a prison environment, it's difficult to socially distance. So they've been kind of trying the best that they can to prevent COVID-19 from spreading. Mm -hmm. They have proper quarantine areas set up and things like that. They have also increased testing availability for staff and officers, and they've actually given pay raises to employees in hotspot areas. They're also monitoring surveillance cameras around the clock to make sure that everybody's wearing their masks and doing what they can to follow the proper protocols. And yeah, well, they're doing what they can. That is good. And as far as the rest of the state, Governor Stitt reported that um, as of Tuesday, he said for the past couple days, they were averaging a thousand new cases per day In throughout the state. The state. Oh. Yeah. Not what I like to hear. Mm -mm. And overall, Oklahoma has a 9.2% test positivity rate. And also he mentioned that there are some hospitals in the state, not very many, but there are some who aren't accurately reporting the number of patients that they're treating for COVID-19. And it wasn't very many, but he said there's probably been I think the number was 15 to 38 COVID-19 patients in hospitals that haven't been reported. So the state's working hard to contact those hospitals and make sure that they understand how important it is to report accurate numbers. Does anyone know if our COVID unit in our hospital has yet been put to use? No, actually Chief, Fire Chief Grant Wadley, he, when I talked to him, he said it's not open at all, which is why they have been um, transporting patients to Woodward, Amarillo, Liberal, which as is far also as why our numbers aren't entirely accurate because there's a lot of people in town that are being transported out of county. town. So as far as I know, they've never used that COVID unit and mm -hmm. I didn't even know that they had one for the longest right. time. 
yeah, I remember that came out that it hadn't been used yet and it had been put in place when the National Guard, is that right, came and tested the nursing home and they did, I mean, they set up the COVID unit and everything and it just has yet to be used. But from what I understand, it's a really small COVID unit. I think it's only like an eight-bed yeah. COVID unit. So at that time, when there were so many cases in Texas County, they I understand yeah. why they didn't even bother to house patients here. Right. But I feel like eight, like if especially if it's an older demographic of patients, I think it'd be better for them to be here rather than spending time in the car or in an ambulance trying to be transported or, but because that's what that's another thing um our chief Wadley mentioned was that by the time they're transporting them outside of the county they're already very very sick yeah so it's it would be more convenient if we could use that unit to lessen the time that they're yeah in I the ambulance but i know that the ceo had been i mean what is the word? <laughs> There's a new interim CEO. The CEO that was appointed earlier th earlier this year is no longer there at the hospital. So I don't know if that has anything to do with it. Um, if they're not sure of the health care that they have available to take care of the, the, those patients in those eight beds. But I think it would be nice to be able to provide that for the community members here. But obviously we're not health professionals, so we don't really yeah. know all the details. We just, we hope and trust that they have the best intentions in mind and they know what's best for the and patients. I'm sure, I'm sure they do. Yeah. I just, I would like to hear why it hasn't been used yet, but that's, I mean. We should look into that. Maybe we, should. Maybe we'll we can get an that. interview for next week. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. Sounds good. <laughs> Okay, well, is that all we have for this week? That's all I have. Okay. Pretty short episode this week, but that's okay. We had some interesting stuff. Of course, um, we're going to keep you all updated on the OSBI investigation. I'm going to stay in contact with Brooke. Um, if there are any arrests made, she made it clear that those are going to be released as a press release. Of course, as soon as we get word on that, we'll share it with our listeners, readers, followers on Facebook um, and yeah yeah on that note um, if you haven't already like our page on Facebook yeah. we also have an Instagram and a Twitter if you didn't know and visit our website be sure to subscribe to hometown headlines on whatever platform you're listening on anything else <laughs> <laughs> is that it <laughs> okay well Thanks for listening. We'll be back. Hopefully um, our sports reporter will be back and she can give us an interview with our athlete of the week or something of that sort next week. So be sure to tune in. Um, our podcast is going to be published every Monday. So be on the lookout. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.